Welcome to the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. I'm Dr. Nick Sanders, physical therapist, and together I hope we can explore the best ways to stay fit, healthy, and active as busy adults. We all have a lot on our plate. So what is the most efficient way to exercise, eat, sleep, and train in order to continue to do the activities we love well into our future? I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right. So in today's episode, I'm with uh, Brian Darcy. And uh, Brian is a patient of mine who um, we've been through a fair amount of stuff together, I would say. And uh, one way or another, we figured some things out recently that that has really helped with that um, kind of behind the shoulder blade neck kind of pain that so many people deal with. And so I asked Brian if he would be willing to share his story because um, it's a good one, and we've been through some struggles, and I also think we found some really good success. And um, so, yeah. Anyway, welcome, Brian. And so, I guess let's start off with I, we first met through Caitlin, right? Caitlin Glenn. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what started uh, this time three years ago or so? Three is three years. Yeah. I knew it had been a while. So what started it? What made you go seek out help and uh, kind of tell people what you were experiencing? Yeah. Uh, so after I finished grad school, uh, I started working a desk job, um, working at a desk for eight hours a day. I uh, then took up road cycling. And then my first summer of cycling, I started getting some pain, like in the upper back, shoulder, uh, neck area um, on longer rides. And I thought, oh, it's just, you know, I'm new to cycling. It'll, it'll get better. But it didn't really get better. And it got worse. Like it would come on sooner and sooner on rides. Um, so then I, I ended up going uh, and seeing a doctor there and, or here in Cleveland, um, just, he just told me, Hey, give the bike a break for a couple months. Um, so that didn't really help. Um, so then I started kind of seeking out some PT help to try to figure out what was causing that pain. Gotcha. And what, um, that pain is like the pain you had is pretty much between the shoulder blades, but it would go up into your neck and some of those other things too. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, yeah, it would get to the point. It would get to the point on long rides where I couldn't look behind me to see like traffic coming because my neck was getting so stiff and sore. Right. And then it got to a point where it was bothering at work too, correct? Like I think when I Oh yeah, it, definitely. It was, it was even mm -hmm. a work work type thing. So all right. So um what all did you try? I know you went and saw Caitlin first. What uh do you remember exactly? I I mean it's been years, but I kind of remember some of the details. What all did you guys work on? Yeah, she mentioned like it sounded like a disc kind of thing so i was doing a lot of like mckenzie like back extension type work um and that just kind of aggravated a little bit and didn't really make anything better um and that's when she had me go see her um a doctor at upmc i saw him about my my shoulder um well i guess that's after i saw you but yeah, i saw you um, before that yeah uh and we did some like needling stuff um you had me doing some core work. Like I remember like squatting and then like walking out on the carpet and then walking back just to like activate the core and some like dead bug stuff. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, Caitlin Glenn is a phenomenal physical therapist. She's got a cash practice in, uh, the Boardman Youngstown area. We all went to Youngstown state university and, uh, she works a lot with triathletes and cyclists. And, um, I remember when Caitlin kind of reached out to me and she's like, Hey, I was guys having trouble on the bike. And I'm like, that's your, like, that's your bread and butter. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and it sounds so straightforward. Like when we talked, 
you know, Caitlin, I remember Caitlin had done a lot of the, the stuff that you'd be like, yeah. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to do some needles. And you lived by me. That was the real reason for the referral because I was up in Solon and, and you were closer. And uh, I was like, yeah, we'll just keep doing what she's doing and we'll work on the ribs. So we had done a lot of like breathing mobility and working on a rib cage position, trying to get that core position to, to lock into place and, um, and building some extension strength, thinking that, you know, you combine a sitting job where everything's forward and then you go into a, an, a sport or an exercise modality where you're even more crunched, right? Even more flexed. So let's go the other way and let's see what happens. And um, I, I remember getting like, we would get some relief from periods, like little periods of time, but I feel like we never really got it. Like it was never like, okay, boom, we got it. This is good. He's going to be fine. Um, so that ended up leading you to UPMC, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, um, what's the imaging? I mean, there was an imaging kind of like cascade of things. Um, mm -hmm. Share that, share that for a little Yeah, I, I went in, um, because a lot of the pain would start on the right side and then kind of make its way just kind of on both sides, but it was always starting on the right. Mm -hmm. uh, so he suspected maybe something with the shoulder, but he did a bunch of x-rays, uh, like thoracic spine, cervical spine, didn't see anything. Um, and I had all that done previously with other doctors, so it, that wasn't surprising. Uh, and then he did an MRI of the right shoulder uh, and saw the, um, the labrum tear. Um, so at that point I was almost happy because there, there was finally like something definite, like this is definitely wrong. This could be causing all that pain. And I was kind of relieved at that point. Uh, and I think I even sent you an email like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm thinking about having the surgery, but I think I was just going to do it anyway. Yeah. I, patients tell me that all the time. Like their MRI comes back like clear and they're like, I just wanted it to be something. And, uh, I understand that frustration, but you almost never actually want it to be something. Um, and I remember when you sent me that email and it was like shoulder MRI and I'm like, like, this has got to be a rib thing. Like in my head, it's like, it's a thoracic rib thing. It just gotta be. And I remember seeing you sent the MRI and I was like, did I miss that? Like, how, how is the labrum giving them that pain? And, but there was also some shoulder stuff going on, like on, like a kind of a layer of it. Right. Um, so when was, sur so you ended up having the surgery. We did, they did a labor mm -hmm. repair. When was that? That was July of 2018. July of 2018. Mm -hmm. Did your rehab, um, shoulder surgery is pretty successful, right? I mean, mm -hmm. everything went pretty smooth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember I was in a sling for six weeks and that was pretty bad. Um, sleeping in a recliner, but other than that, afterwards, the rehab seemed to go pretty quick. Um, uh -huh. just being able to use it again and, um, that seemed pretty smooth. Um, and then I, I, I remember going on my first bike ride after that and I just got kind of the same pain, like across like the back of the shoulder. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. Um, so that's kind of then when I started, I think I went back to you at some point after that. Um, and I think Caitlin helped a little bit with like Mm -hmm. um, some extra like shoulder work thinking like, Oh, maybe it's just going to take a little more rehab. Um, but it got to the point then when I, I was riding a little bit more than I had been, uh, but I was still getting kind of general discomfort in the upper back. Um, the, like the worst of the right side shoulder pain kind of went away. So I think there was something to the labor repair, but 
there, mm-hmm. there was definitely something else going on. Yeah. I wonder if that was some kind of driver for the other postural stuff that you were getting. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of wishing we had Caitlin on this, this zoom call right now, actually. Uh, it'd oh be yeah. Inter- it'd be interesting. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, have her uh edit this later but um i mentioned here where she was at with it too um because her and i had uh you know several conversations and, and kind of both going like like why isn't this thing gone yet you know um mm-hmm. so yeah you came back recently and i should have looked at the dates here but when when do you when do we reconnect here recently uh, it would have been end of july um i was, was asking after your opinion COVID. yeah i i remember uh here recently i've been getting like the facet blocks done um so why, I had did you, the, why did you go down that road i yeah why i, did I you? remember i saw another doctor in cleveland and just i remember um or actually before that um the the surgeon at upmc i remember going back to see him and saying look, like look i'm still feeling kind of terrible on my bike um like is is there something else going on um and they did another MRI of the cervical spine. Um, and he was like, yeah, there's some flattening of the disc here. That's probably what's causing it. And like, he sent me off to a colleague of his, um, and his colleague did an epidural and of the cervical spine, uh, that helped a little bit, but not too much. Um, and that's when he referred me to somebody in Cleveland and that's when they did the facet blocks and those helped a little bit. Um, but what was weird was that it was mostly like the thoracic spine part that, that helped um, when it was like neck pain that I was getting a lot more. Cause they had done facet blocks, cervical and thoracic, correct? Neck and mm-hmm. mid back. And then, so then go ahead. So that, yeah. So then the, the thoracic ones were working the best, although it wasn't like perfect. Uh, and then they wanted to do the, the ablation. So like the, the whole like nerve burn thing. Right, right. So that's yeah. that's why I reached out to you to be like, hey, what do you think of this? You were asking me about the ablations, and you were also getting more rib pain from what I remember, like almost like a more specific mm-hmm. kind of wrapping rib pain at, at that time um, as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so then we reconnect. Um, you saw Austin, I believe, too, right, for that rib thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And some of that rib stuff was pretty classic do some needles, some cups and kind of crack it. And and that specific pain went away. But I think that also led us down this road of looking at some of the scapular muscles and going, okay, what's happening that these ribs keep getting funky. And Mm -hmm. we start, we start looking at lat kind of lat tightness and activating the serratus. Um, And I feel like that's when things started to really turn a corner for us is kind of focusing on those Mm -hmm. postural muscles. Are there certain, uh, what is your opinion on that? Like, what do you think turned the corner? That's kind of what I thought it was, but is, is that consistent with what you think and mm-hmm. what helped you kind of get over that next step? De- yeah, definitely that like serratus and that stuff um, for over the past. Well, I guess over the summer uh, I'd been riding a little more than I was, um, but it still was kind of iffy past like two hours or so. Um, and then we started doing like the latch stretches and like rolling that area with like the foam roller, and, like the little like foam ball, stuff like that. Um, and that really helped me kind of get past that two hour mark and start getting into some longer rides. Um, even I did my first hundred mile ride this summer 
after that. And that's when I was like, okay, this seems to be helping quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just so cool. And then at what point, cause you canceled surgery to the ablation uh, procedure as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Cause I, I had him delay it at first just to say, see like what would happen. Uh, and then when I saw that it was, it was helping quite a bit. I just went ahead and canceled. What changed your mind there? Like, um, what was your thought process as far as whether you wanted to do the ablation or not do the ablation? And, and how did you go through that? Cause I feel like that's a question I get all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess just knowing that that kind of just covers up uh, a symptom and doesn't really fix what's causing the pain. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be dependent on that. Like they said it lasts six to nine months or so. And then they said, but the good thing is you can just keep coming back and getting it done. Um, but I didn't really want to have to depend on that. Yeah. That's, that's my complaint. If I have a complaint about that, sir, that per, I keep saying, so that procedure, um, is that I do find that people get kind of complaint, kind of, like kind of, um, they look forward to them almost like they're like, all right, mm-hmm. this is going to be good for six months. And like clockwork, the pain comes back and then they have to go back again. And, um, they just almost have to have it that the dependency kind of builds. And, um, that's my, that's my only kind of beef with it. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's been pretty cool. So the question to that is how quickly, you know, in my, my PT brain going, okay, yeah, we saw some relief in session with some of the, we did needle, we've done needling, we've done cupping. Um, we've done quite a bit of cupping recently. Um, Mm -hmm. what, uh, what did you find that, kind of motivated you or kind of gave reason to kind of sticking with those home exercises, especially after, like, I feel like we've tried so many things that didn't work super well yet. Here you are still kind of hammering away at some different routines. What gave you that motivation or or what's going through your mind there? Uh, I think maybe like a couple weeks after starting doing some of that new stuff you gave me, I noticed like I'd wake up in the morning and I wouldn't feel, feel terrible. So that was a pretty good sign that like, Hey, this is kind of working. Um, and then also again, like being able to ride my bike for longer distances helped quite a bit. Um, and even running, um, I started running after the surgery cause I wasn't allowed to ride my bike. Uh, but I was still getting pain when I was running in that upper back area. Uh, and I noticed like that just kind of went away as I would be out running. Um, so just all of that combined and seeing progress and, kind of a short amount of time. It's not perfect. It's still not perfect yet, but it continues to get better. And I guess that's something I hadn't really seen in the past. Yeah. So that progress happened pretty quick with, with some of those more recent adjustments. Huh? Yeah. Mm, definitely. We'll make sure that we link um, some of the exercises that we've been doing, like the, the lat stretches, the rolling, the wall slides, the, we got you doing dolphin presses. Now we'll link some of those videos uh, in the, in the notes here, but uh so that people can kind of take advantage of, of doing some of those things. How do you, how do you fit it in? Right? Like I know you're putting in some serious miles on the bike. You're running a ton. Um, you're working obviously. What's your strategy? How are you making it happen? Uh, right now, especially working from home, it's pretty convenient that you know, at lunchtime I have my foam roller and all the stuff I need just right here in the living room. And I can, uh, get some of those exercises done. Um, even if I don't get to them at lunchtime, cause sometimes I'll go out and run at lunch, uh, just set aside an hour after dinner and, and get them done, throw on a podcast to listen to or something and, 
just get them done. It becomes kind of a habit after a while. Yeah. So we did a, uh, a presentation talking about like exercises and, and habits and it, like people have actually researched that loop of when you start becoming an exerciser, it helps you make better decisions and it's easier to stay in an exercising role. Uh, when you're not exercising, it's easier to just kind of get out of that habit. And, uh, I think if you've been there, you kind of recognize that, but the, the research behind that, that cognition link from exercise and kind of recognizing how much it's helpful is kind of cool. And in addition to getting out of pain, like you've gotten yourself, like you've dropped some weight, you've gotten into some serious Mm -hmm. fitness shape over the, over through this whole course. Like you've stayed very, very active. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the, again, people in that same position, what's the motivating factor or how were you able to kind of accomplish that? Even though you're dealing with this, this annoyingly, uh, pain kind of thing and going through different surgeries and everything else, like you've still managed to make some pretty incredible fitness progress. Yeah. I think, uh, after the surgery, um, that was kind of tough because there was a period where I just couldn't do anything. Uh, but after that, um, and like, like I said, like after the surgery, it was a little bit better, but still not perfect. Um, and And you're talking late the labrum repair, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and so I would just do what I could, um, get out and ride and run. Uh, I tried to clean up some of my eating. Uh, I realized like after I got out on my own, I was, uh, just trying to kind of eating the same stuff over and over again. Um, it wasn't exactly the healthiest. Um, and all that combined, um, I guess like seeing the weight drop again, like you see the results and then it kind of keeps you in that loop. The same with like the PT exercises. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Did you do anything crazy food wise? People are always asking. Uh, not really. Um, I started eating a lot of fish, um, and like fresh fish. Cause like, if you buy like the frozen salmon, it's not very good. Um, and I never wanted to spend the money on like the fresh fish. Uh, but I started realizing like, yeah, it's expensive, but it's probably a lot better for me. Um, so I started buying a lot of fresh fish, um, and just like microwave vegetables. Where do you get fresh fish in Cleveland? The West side market has really good fish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's a stand called like, uh, I think Kate's fishery or something like that. Uh, and they have like wild caught King salmon, uh, which I wouldn't get that often cause it's like 25 bucks was, a pound. That's the price. It, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to get you out there, catch some steelhead and, and, uh, get in the rivers, catch your own fish. Yeah. I've never been fishing, but, uh, it sounds relaxing, I guess, uh, from what I, you've told me. I, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it relaxing. It stresses me out some days, but no, it doesn't stress me out, but like, it's, to me, it's a, it's a discipline and focus. Like you got to be thinking about stuff mm-hmm. and making decisions and, uh, figuring out how to catch fish. But, um, every now and then I think about, it would be kind of cool to only eat things that, that you grew uh, like have a garden and can and freeze your own food. And, um, could you, could you sustain a lifestyle where you're able to, to fish and, and maybe even hunt and do that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, that would be cool. But backup West side market is probably good. We had a, there was a fish yeah. place in Twinsburg that was really good. Um, and it, it went out of business because it is, it's expensive, especially if you do the wild caught mm-hmm. kind of stuff, it, it definitely gets pricey. Um, mm-hmm. What's your exercise routine look like? Like what's, what's a week, a week look like? Uh, over the summer I was pretty consistent. I would do 
between eight and 10 hours on the bike. Um, and I would usually only run about two days a week. Um, I'd usually, I'd go out and run like three miles. Um, but now that it's getting colder, that's kind of been changing. Um, I'll ride inside a lot. Uh, there's a program called Zwift, um, for cycle, like indoor cycling. Uh, and it makes it almost like a video game. So it's, it's a lot better than just sitting and like staring at the wall on the indoor trainer. There's like a guy on the screen and it changes the resistance for you. Um, like if you get to a hill in the game, it increases resistance. So it's like, you're kind of like immersed in the game rather than just again, staring at the wall. But, um, yeah, I'll do like five or six hours on the trainer. Um, and then my running has been going up. I'll do like 14, 15 miles a week now outside. I'm trying to ramp up the running a little bit. Um, I usually do that in the winter time just cause it's, it's good to get outside, especially now, like working at home. There's some days I won't even leave the apartment. So it's good to get out and run. That's yeah. That's interesting that from a COVID standpoint, it just changes everything. Um, are you a trail, are you a trail runner or do you road? What do you, what do you do there? Just road. Yeah. Roads. Yeah. There is something about running. It, it, it just has a different feel to it. Um, like it just feels natural. It feels like something you should do and, and, and kind of move through. Uh, I've always struggled with cycling because it is such a time commitment. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to go, what, I mean, what's a hundred mile ride take? Like how long is that going to take you? Six and a half hours. I think it took me when I did it. We did a hilly one. So it, it, it was a while. Yeah. And that's actual ride time. That's not counting like, mm-hmm. you know, loading up the bike, going to wherever you're going and, and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's an amazing sport, but, you definitely have to enjoy that, that process of spending the day on the bike and, and that kind of thing. And how about weight training? Are you doing anything? I don't know that we've talked about it. Are you doing any kind of specific weight stuff right now? No. Uh, While well, you gave me like a, like a shoulder press type exercise that I do now, but mm-hmm. um, nothing other than that. Are you training for anything? Like, nope. No specific. I started... Yeah, I started riding uh, just because I always had a bike growing up. Uh, and I would ride like just around town. And there was like uh, one of those rails to trails, like trails in Lisbon where I grew up. Um, and I'd go out and ride like five miles or something on that. Um, and then after, so after grad school, I had a bunch more time on my hands. So I was like, oh, I'll get a new bike. And then ended up, I got like a, just a, like a flat bar road bike. Um, and then eventually went out and bought like a road bike with like drop handlebars and everything. And that snowballs and, uh, <laughs> how, how many yeah, bikes, do you, up. how many bikes do you own now? Uh, right now three, uh, I'm trying okay. cause I just, I just bought a new bike in September. Uh, I'm trying to sell one, but, uh, yeah, I'll have, I have my nice, like carbon outdoor summer bike. And then I have kind of a beater bike that I ride when it gets cold out. Yeah. I love, I love hearing this. The, I, I have a, um, it's a giant, whatever their kind of entry level model is, but the entry level models are still, you know, you're $1,200 kind of mm-hmm. just to get, just to get into the game, just to play the game. Um, yeah, it's a commitment. And it, it, it definitely like, it's a steep increase when you start, uh, when you start mm-hmm. looking at the different bikes for sure, for sure, for sure. I need to get that, a train. You get the, yeah, the trainers are good. I've never had it. Uh, I've, yeah, the the smart trainers are definitely the way to go because uh, they have the controllable like apps. Like I just run the app on my iPad, uh, and then it controls it all through Bluetooth. 
So like if you hooked up to, was it Zwift you said? Mm -hmm. If you hook up to that, it automatically adjusts the resistance and kind of goes through that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like it'll tell you, like it'll come up on screen and tell you like the grade you're on. So it'll, it'll like, you'll go along in the flat and it'll, you know, 0%. And then you'll get up to like 6% and you'll really start to feel it in the legs. Um, so it's pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Um, can it do like power and Watts and all that kind of stuff as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has a power meter built in. Uh, so it shows you your wattage right on the screen. Uh, and then there's built-in workouts you can do where it tells you like, uh, pretty much just like a, uh, stationary bike at a gym. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll, it'll set the wattage for you and say, Hey, hold 200 Watts for five minutes. And then it'll give you a break and then another 200 Watts for five minutes. And, uh, so it's kind of cool to do some of those structured training, uh, programs too. What's it, what's an average trainer, like a smart trainer like that? What's the kind of average price there? Uh, probably six, 700. Um, again, like the low end ones, like it's quite a commitment to even kind of get into the game. Same with the bikes, but it's yeah. worth it. But I mean, if you look at, you look at Peloton, I mean, people are dropping, they're dropping 2k on a bike. Um, mm -hmm. and you can't take it outside when the weather's nice. So yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, wonder, the pluses. I wonder how that compares. They have VO2 max tests on there, like estimates. They can test your VO2 masks. If you, um, I, I would assume there might be. Yeah. I know there's a like FTP, like functional threshold power is a big one for cycling. They, they have those tests built in, but I'm not sure about VO2 max. Yeah. I, I, I bet they do. The FTP thing is something that keeps coming up in, in things that I'm watching and listening and, and consuming. And uh, it's something I actually don't know much about as far as like using it as a training methodology and, and looking at different, I understand what they're doing, looking at different energy systems, but I don't know how they're calculating it and, and how they're um, exactly how the zones work, like the different mm -hmm. zones that they, I, I don't know what they, they represent. I just know that they're, they're targeting different energy systems, but it, it makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense and it gives you something to focus on, which is, which is always pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. All right, man. So if you had to give somebody advice, you're dealing with something that is obviously nasty, naggy, been around for way too long. What's your advice? Like, uh, what would you say to somebody? Uh, ooh, definitely ask for help. Mm -hmm. uh, go see a, a physical therapist. Um, and it, like, if what you're doing isn't working, like, obviously change it, do something different, uh, see if you can make some progress. Um, and that's not to say like, if you do a week of the exercises and you don't see progress to like give up then, like give it some time. Um, and you know, hopefully you'll see some, some progress. And if not, try something else. It's been, it's been one heck of a ride. So it's, it's really cool to see kind of the, the progress and where it's gone. And, um, I feel like we're finally on a right road and it's cool to see you out there mm -hmm. riding and doing all that crazy stuff. So man, pretty awesome. I'm happy to be finally getting back to it. Heck yeah. It feels good when you can chase that stuff and not worry about pain so much. Mm -hmm. Right. You're just kind of working on making progress and you're not dealing with, uh, you know, kind of all that crap, but definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you, uh, spending the time to talk with me here and, uh, I guess we'll, we'll catch up in the clinic here again soon. Cool. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Thanks. Talk to you. Yep. 
Thank you for enjoying the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. Hope you're able to pick up a few things to help you live and move better. We'd really appreciate a like, share, review, or follow in order to help us continue to grow this podcast and help more people like you looking to feel and move better as active adults. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.